Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, my fine townsfolk, to the first return episode of Random Encounters. I am your host, Nick. I'm Matt. And uh, we are two-thirds of the Brothers McGill, and we're we going to get back into things here with this new year, I think. So if you listen to, to Talk Tell to Me, you've, you've probably heard that I... I I had some adult things to do. I had to move, and and I'm in a in an actual house now. We bought a house, um, so so it's 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 been a, a crazy tail end of the year, the last half of the year. But that being said, we're going to get back into things and do some more random encounters. I see that some people are listening to the episodes, and uh, it seems to be seems for for the couple of episodes that we made, we got some traction. So I want to make sure. That we could put that content out because Matt and I had fun doing it. And if you guys like it, that's all the better. So uh, we're going to jump right back in. And in the, in the time that we were gone, um, or Matt, do you have anything you want to, any updates you want to give? <laughs> uh, well, no, I already owned a house. So yep, you owned a house? No, it was, that's... it's been a, a fairly steady. You were already an adult. Yes, I was already an adult. Yeah. I've just been watching you grow up before my eyes. That's right. It's magic. Oh. Um, <laughs> so in the time that we stopped uh, recording, Pathfinder came out with Edition 2. Yes. And to uh, to commemorate a new edition and a renewal of uh, Random Encounters, we're going to use that monster manual today. We are using Pathfinder's bestiary for... Addition to, I think it's that's what they're calling it. Second, second edition, edition, yep. Yeah. Um, so it's it's bestiary number one for second edition, and we are going to page two hundred. And this is one, Matt, that I think you'll be able to guess when I give you the the description. Okay. All right. Malevolent crones who lurk at the edges of civilization. These creatures use their deceptive magical abilities to prey upon humanoids, manipulating and corrupting them. Some say that they arose from fae that became twisted by their inner selfishness. Hags get oh. <laughs> I they I replaced it three times already. Uh, they're hags. Okay, I think that's what I was going to guess. Hags gathered together in covens for greater power, craft unique magical items known as hag eyes, and are known to replace infant humanoids with their own offspring. These children are changelings who have the potential to become hags themselves. So what do you know about hags in general? Have you, you, you probably haven't exposed yourself a lot to like the 5e monsters. No, not a whole hell of a lot. There's, um, I think it's, it's not Xanathar's. It's Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. Yeah. We've, I think we've discussed before, it's broken up. Like, it has some new monsters, but it's also broken up into some really specific, like, in-depth chunks. Like, they go into giants, yeah. they go into uh, beholders, illithids, and hags is one of those things. Yep. And it's really, like, the in-depth is really cool. And um, they have a, a lot that I found in this, this bestiary is that they have the overall hag... Or the overall, like, overarching category. Okay. 
and then they they have a variety of the different types as opposed to just like oh this is a young hag and an old hag or something like that so they have they have a sea hag they have a yep. green hag um and they go they go up in uh difficulty yeah there's an anis hag a night hag a heartstone which is actually an item so i'm guessing ooh this gemstone grants its wearer a plus 2 bonus to saving throws that's cool Oh, craft requirements. Oh, to to craft it, you must be a night hag. Okay. Doesn't say sense. doesn't say you have to be a night hag to wear it though. So, no, um, to purchase it off of one or loot the body. Oh no! Oh, that's a great way to make money though, because if it's separated from her for twenty four hours, or she's been dead for twenty four hours, it becomes a non magical gemstone. So she makes it and then sells it for a Ooh, lot of money. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. A heartstone allows the hag to use the additional occult innate spells, ethereal jaunt, and bind soul at will, and shadow blast twice per day. Yeah, that's that's that, a, that's, a, that's a that's a funny hook, and that's really cool because you can, as the DM, you can have your players you know loot the body, of course, and then have yeah. them get that, explain the whole thing, spellcraft it, the whole nine yards, and then you know when they go to sell it say the next time they're out of town three days later oh yeah oh yeah that's that's just a gemstone or or thinking that it gives them a plus two bonus to saving throws and when they think they're in a pickle and they're gonna like okay i got it i rolled it and i got the plus two and they're like "Mm, imagine sorry next slot on that yeah in fact you just look good oh yeah it's six well i mean it's 600 gold pieces is the price but it's still 200 when it's not magical. So it's 200 gold pieces worth of gem. Fair enough. Um, for, let's see, a night hag is a ninth level. And ninth level 200 is still pretty good. Okay. So there's enough variety, I find. Honestly, just in, in this book, but in in all of the other resources that sure. you could make a hag campaign, oh, essentially, sure. you know. They have, I, I did a game a while ago at this point that uh, I did a, I, I make um, Baba Yaga is generally yep. uh, classified as a hag. So I I had my adventurers uh, meet her with her hut, like her house with the chicken legs. And there were like red caps that were her guard and stuff. Sure. So you can tie in all of those like corrupt fae things as well. There's a general flavor to it. Yep. And actually... Since we are recording this close to Halloween, even though you're hearing this in January, they'd make one heck of a one shot for like a Halloween theme. Kind of what I was thinking too, just like a hocus pocus type. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have, have each recreate hocus pocus. Yeah. Or the witches. Or the, oh oh my God. Everybody gets turned into rat folk. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. I th- I wonder if there's rat folk in here. Okay, we're gonna skip forward. Oh, here's <laughs> I just went to were creatures. Here's were bear, were wolf, uh, were rat. There you go. Yeah. Just give them give give your. I wonder if they have. Give your players the were rat statistics sure. on top of things. I know Pathfinder has a rat folk race that, a yeah race that you yeah too, but... i i bet it's in here i wouldn't be surprised yeah but it's yeah here right here there it is. yeah but this is not this is technically as a as a monster yeah 
I don't think they have a lot of, oh, and there's red caps. They don't have a lot of, in this one, like, oh, and, and to play it, like in in yeah. three five they had the, in the monster manuals they have when you get to one that that you can you can play it has you play it like this and you get like a level handicap sometimes but you get certain bonuses like yeah, i know that. specifically Seder because i always looked at at playing a Seder. Yep. but having a level handicap is a serious serious trade-off yeah that's not something i would probably do if i had a choice yeah three five is hard enough <laughs> yeah to be behind the rest of your party for story's sake or for cool lore or just to be a cool race it's it's tempting but i don't think i ever did it yeah i don't know if i would suggest it as a dm yeah for sure and just the, the the numbers just the the massive numbers to remember yep. on top of everything else you remember oh i'm i'm behind this much yep. in XP or or whatever. Exactly. Let me go back to the hag. Okay. So some let's dive into a little hag lore, sure. I guess. They loathe all humanoid races, but not equally. The brunt of their wrath is leveled against humans. Okay. They prey on human society the most, adding human flesh to their cauldron and snatching newborn children before place, replacing the babes with their own progeny as changelings. Why do you suppose a hag does not raise her own children? I mean, she's essentially a a cuckoo, right? Is it the cuckoo that replaces... I believe it's something. Yeah. 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 She's essentially a cuckoo. She's not going to raise the kid on her own. Nope. But someone else will. Well, yeah, why would she do that? I would say uh, she's she's busy. She's just a busy she's, lady. She's, she's a working she's a working do. single mother. Exactly. And if she can find childcare anywhere she can, that's she's going to take that's, it. That's, yeah. <laughs> I think the real question is she replaces that child what happens to the child she replaces? Oh, straight into the cult. I was going to say without it, a doubt. It's okay. that is the most succulent of flesh. <laughs> Um, oh, here's something. I, I just moved over to changeling. At rough, uh, b- 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 many changelings, women in particular, begin to hear the call, and that's a capital C. That is a proper noun. Ooh. A psychic urging from their hag mother, luring them away from the communities that raise them. If followed, the call eventually leads the changeling to the hag's coven, where they're subjected to terrible rituals that twist them into hags themselves. Oh. Some changelings, especially those who have strong social bonds or embrace druidic traditions, are able to resist this call and continue on with their mortal lives. Does it say when that call happens? Yeah, it's it looks like it's tied on com- when they come of age. Okay. So it's their their women's time. Yeah, as changelings come of age, they sometimes manifest abilities granted by their hag heritage, and then at the the start of the next paragraph is is at roughly the same time in their lives yeah the fact that the call disproportionately targets female changelings has led to a widespread misunderstanding that all changelings are female while in fact male changelings are simply assumed to be members of their paternal ancestry that is never covered in the what's happening to my body book no no well i mean we have not we did not have any changelings in our high school so They didn't, know they didn't cover that in our health classes. No. <laughs> but that would be a really cool hook 
for a player to play a changeling yeah. and have that kind of tie in, especially if the re- if if they make their character around that age yep. and the other players don't know much about changelings or don't know and that's another thing is 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 have have that talk to the player beforehand and oh, say, yeah. okay, you're going to represent as human, but do you want to tell them that you're a changeling? Do you know that you're a changeling? Get all that before the game even starts. Oh, yeah. And then you can have that little secret, like passing notes of saying, oh, you feel this urge, roll me uh, a wisdom save yeah. or something. I was going to say, is it just random save based? I don't know. I think, I think that's up to DM's discretion. Yeah. I haven't looked at, any of the other new source books, so I don't know if Changeling is an option. Okay, but uh, it, it's there's a lot of description in there, so I wouldn't be surprised if that is a playable race, and therefore opens up a lot of cool stuff. I mean, obviously, you could start at like 36 and say, "Oh, I I, I avoided it. I, I yep, exactly. like it didn't bother me or whatever." But even then, you can have little twinges yeah. here and there yeah have the party have have a party of four watch the dm slide a note to the one person yep. and have them roll a die and not say anything but the die result and the dm's like okay yeah and then just carry on yeah i love you, that that you never know when that actual die roll is going to come into play it's yeah probably not right when they roll it yeah yeah, yeah. let's let's stock that away for later exactly so we have Let's see. So it looks like we have of the the four hag types. Oh, okay. The four hag types presented here, meaning the anise, the knight, the green, and the sea, are but the most notorious of their kind. Others, ooh, such as the blood hag, the moon hag, the storm hag, and winter hag, plague society and other regions of the world. Okay. So is that... What makes a hag type a hag type? Like, what is... I don't know. Is it all just based on regional lore, almost? Yeah. I don't... Well, here's... It's got to... Yeah, it feels like regional or something along those lines. The sea hag is obviously, like, self-explanatory. Yep. Green hag... uh, Let's see kind of swampy type thing yeah they hate beauty and purity they murder innocents corrupt the pure of heart shatter the minds blah blah blah. your standard hag fair yeah yeah there's not much she has enfeebling humors as an ability and exhale miasma so that does feel swampy she does look gross and all all well she kind of looks like smeagol from the um from the the Rankin Bass, yes, the old Rankin Bass. She she definitely looks like that. Yep. So that's that just feels like decay, kind of like a, a kind of a death. And I was looking at the um their languages for some some bit of mm-hmm. information. They all speak Aklo in common. I don't know what Aklo is. I feel like I ought to. Let's do a quick search. Yeah. The uh, Anis Hag. I feel like it has something to do with black licorice, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> yes. I was I, I feel like I was gonna make that joke somewhere. I mean it, it had to be said. Yeah, yeah. It had to be said. <laughs> Just an evil magical language, basically. Yeah, it's a fictional language. 
that is basically an evil language. I mean, Lovecraft used it. It's okay. it's there's no dictionary for it. It's pretty established, but there's no dictionary like the the example that I read um Tolkien's Elvish had there's a dictionary Klingon. People sure. like people can speak that. Aklo is kind of more ephemeral i suppose okay so they all have this mystical powerful language that they can speak they can all speak common they all speak jotun which i believe is the language of the giants which is interesting because they're all that is oh they're large they're large oh no the anis hag is large but the night hag is medium okay Sea hag is medium. Grain hag is medium. Right. So it's not like so most of them are human size or hu- yeah human size. Yeah, except for the the uh, the, the, the black licorice hag. Yeah, she. What's the deal? So, what's the deal with the Anna's hag? So she's the witch of the uh, giant culture. She's what they use to scare oh. their children. They're also known as iron hags. They have iron-like yet flexible flesh that resists edged weapons, and their own touch is the same cold iron that burns the flesh of other hags. Ooh, that's cool. Iron hag just sounds like some metal band from Norway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we saw um, Dream Theater, Iron Hag, and Jotun. This allows them to bully their way to the leadership of hag covens. But there's not, there's no, I really wish they would say, because everyone says blank type of hag, they're thieves and they're, they're, they're killers and they torture, blah, blah, blah. It's not, they, they all do that. Yeah. But there's nothing in there. It's basically, you're just telling me personalities at this point. Okay. There's no se- real separation. It feels like any of them. You could you could drop the night hag's description onto the anise hag, and I'd be like, well, okay, yeah. It's not like, but maybe I'm maybe I'm searching for something more definitive. Like, you wouldn't have a red dragon's description for a blue dragon, that kind True. of thing. It's not. It's clearly not so cut and dry with hags. Well, maybe that's because it could be more regional. You know, they are I basically the so. same thing, but it is a regional thing where you're. You know, your your winter hag is going to be, you know, a Pathfinder lore up in Ustalov. Mm-hmm. So, whereas the green hag or whatever is going to be in yeah. the, maybe the jungles of the Mwangi Expanse or something along those lines. So, you basically say, I want to, I, my adventure, my love, my party of level fours yep. are going up into wherever you said the ice one was. Ustalov. Yeah. Ustalov. So, you take the green hag. And you say, it's not a green hag, it's a frost hag or, exactly. or whatever. And then you you just swap out basically your elements or whatever. Yeah. You're just reskinning. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice that that they give you those even ideas for another option. Sure. That's really cool. Yeah, and just turn Exhale Miasma into... Cone of Cold. Cone of Cold, essentially, yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Would you allow slash encourage a full party of hags? If you had three players, three players who all wanted to play a different kind of hag. As a player character, given that we don't have a whole lot in terms of, like, stats, I guess, it would really just be flavor, right? I 
I think so. I mean, it's... But it could make for some really cool adventure hooks. It would be really cool to do almost a party of hags in a, you know, Salem type Ooh, yeah. Setting where... An alternate history kind of thing? Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. That being said, like, I would imagine a party of hags is like a party of sorcerers or a party of wizards or something along those lines. So it's going to make it tough to not have that stand and bang type. Sure. Right. You probably um, play heavy type uh, encounter. Two things come to mind. If one is taking the Anis hag, there's your tank. Well, that's true. And also it's the, it's the oft talked about very rarely done. And when done, done poorly evil campaign. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They, they have a coven four miles outside of town and the villagers are revolting and they're coming with torches and pitchforks, iron pitchforks, no less. And they have, they have a weakness to cold iron of a, let's see. The green hag is five. The night hag is 10. It's a cool hook. And I like, I feel like maybe I'm just thinking about it in a different way than I normally do, but I feel like that, with second edition Pathfinder, they're taking a bit from the five E monster manuals and they're they're fleshing out their monster types more. Like like giving us these varieties of hags sure. and things like that. And I, I like that. That's that's really fascinating to me. And that's what that's what really all of the details are what really pulled me into monster manuals to begin with. I mean, I remember sure. l- reading monster manuals when when we were knee high to a grasshopper, we had no idea what the game. You had a couple for systems I couldn't even tell you what oh, they yeah. were. One was like a superhero one and stuff like that. But reading that. those stats, we didn't know anything about them. But reading about the given the the descriptions and stuff that opened up a world of imagination. Exactly. So so giving us so much in this hag selection basically is it's great. It's great. It's better than it's so much better than before when it was each entry was so self-contained. True. It was you you really had to to work to tie things together. Yeah. When it when it comes to a specific type of monster or how various types of monsters interact, you know. Yep, definitely. Would you consider using something like this for role for autism or i mean i reckon it would be simplified a witch yeah it would definitely be simplified to that i think a hag is a bit more of a uh, higher concept than what i'd like to subject put in there Yeah, yeah exactly but witches i mean you see witches all the time like you said we're recording this in october that's yeah a, a very common thing so, yeah yeah for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the purpose is not great detail. The purpose for a role for autism is is really the experience. Exactly. So getting bogged down in those details, even if if one of them really grasps it and understands it, that that means the rest of the party is bored or or distracted exactly. or whatever and that just defeats the purpose yeah. yeah but one thing it could do is open up an avenue for things like curses or 
something mm, along those lines. Okay. It, it can throw just a little wrinkle into it where sure. maybe an advanced group of players can, you know, you throw something at them where they they only roll, you know, a D4 instead of a D6 or yeah. something along those lines. Something where they have to adapt. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Would you, I mean, if we're going full on silly and fairy tale, would you consider turning one of your players into a frog that could still maybe the caster who could still cast spells as a frog yes you know where it's really just a cosmetic thing and it doesn't really affect gameplay you know yeah i i would definitely consider that like like you said where it doesn't affect gameplay because you don't want to purposefully take somebody oh god yeah yeah but yeah absolutely you know even you know frog thor from the old walt simonson uh run back in the 80s there where he could still wield the hammer but he so, was a frog but he was a frog yeah so something along those lines for sure yeah. very uh that that is a those, those 80s comics yeah it's our first frog thor reference but not our last i i didn't know frog thor was a thing oh. is that what he was called was frog thor I, he's referenced as frog thor now i believe L- like by the people who like talk about comics, right? Yes. Like not in the universe. No, I'm pretty sure they all kind of forgot that he got turned into a frog at some point. Well, how how far back does the universe go? You know, like they've wiped timelines so say, much. They've rebooted so much that yeah. I honestly don't know if that's maybe it's not even in the lexicon anymore. I can't imagine it would be. Probably. I really yeah. it feels like a reference that I'm shocked Deadpool has not made. Very true. Like a tongue-in-cheek reference, and everyone's like, what are you talking about? And that's it. Yeah. He just shows up in frog jammies or something. Yeah, right, right. When he's talking to Thor. Exactly. Exactly. Get on that, Marvel. Sure, Marvel's busy listening to our podcast. I'm sure they are. They're not taking anything from their evil mouse overlords. (sighs) The mouse. All right, Matt, how many changeling babies would you rate hags in general one out of ten i would probably go nine okay because wow of the there's a lot of potential there for both pcs and npcs and you know villains yeah so it's yeah there's a lot there that you can do and i would 100 percent look into all of the other monster manuals and see what they have for hags as well for Absolutely. for ideas, and if you have to just take the Ennis Hag and drop drop this skin of whatever you find in in third edition, then so be it. Yep. But like, you may get some cool ideas out of that. Absolutely, and look at your environment. You know, if you're in mm-hmm. some kind of desert Egyptian environment, something yeah. like that, your Hag is easily a necromantic mummy type thing. Sure, along those lines, sand so, Hag or something. Sand hag, yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I love, I know it's really simple, but I am a sucker for elemental based combat and creatures and things like that. It's just, and I I think D&D has has really played into that for me. And I'm, I'm certainly not complaining. Feels like a bunch of Mega Man villains, honestly. You could take oh, it any, does. any word yeah. and put hag after it, yep. and then it's Yep. Wood hag and wood, yeah. heat hag and <laughs> and you use use hag buster. Oh yeah. And there you go. Yeah. It's just a water cannon. I I like 
I like, I want to see Mega Man reskinned. At this point, they're able to do hackers. Like people can like get oh, yeah. into the code and do amazing stuff. I want to see, see that. But what would Mega Man be if he's fighting hags? Like a Puritan, <laughs> like a, <laughs> yeah. a, a pilgrim Puritan. Yeah, he's just yeah. got the hat and everything yep. with a big buckle, and he just shoots cr- uh, crosses out of his his arm, or or wafers, uh, communion, communion wafers. wafers. <laughs> no, that's what he rides. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, just buckets of water. What's the dog's name? Rush. Rush. Rush is a a cherub. Like an angel baby or or just like a pony. I was thinking, like, if, if we're thinking Salem, it would be, just be like a pony. But yeah, that's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, any final thoughts on the hag, Matt? No, not really. I love the idea of, like you said, the just the hag campaign mm-hmm. is a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, the art's really cool, too. I would encourage. I'm sure it's you can find it somewhere if you, you, you Google Pathfinder's bestiary. Check out the the art. It's 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 great. It's really it's really grim. It's really good. It's creepy. Yeah. They 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 went for not much is is terribly cartoony in this this version. So it's it's nice. They're 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 gruesome. Yeah. No, I I really like the art in a lot of the Pathfinder stuff. Yeah. These these character designs are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah. So that wraps up this week. Come on back next week for another random encounter. Uh, in the meantime, if you are a return listener, if you had subscribed to us and then forgot all about it, surprise, do us a favor. Go back and uh, write a review give or at least give us five stars. I mean, that's the least you can do for us. You, you owe us nothing, but I'm asking you nicely to please do that. And if you're a new listener... Awesome. Great. I'm glad you found us. Go back and listen to the old stuff and come on back for for next week when we'll do another random monster, another random encounter from a random monster manual. So uh, in the meantime, I am Nick McGill. I'm Matt McGill. And this is Random Encounters. Random Encounters.